True Achievements Podcast. On today's show, load of old ass, Assassin's Creed Heritage Collection announced. Picks or it didn't happen, Xbox One Gamer Images detailed. Let's get physical, Xbox Fitness is coming. Olden but golden, Halo 3 in Games with Gold. And we discuss console bans, GTA 5, and our batastic attempts at this month's achievement challenge. All on today's Kenny Killing, XCOM Completing, Season Pass Knocking, True Achievements Podcast. to the True Achievements Podcast for October. I, as always, am your host, OSU Blue Jacket, otherwise known as OBJ, otherwise known as J, but you can call me anything you want, just not late for dinner. Uh, joining me, as always, we have Michelle, otherwise known as Matriarch, or M. Yeah, hello. <laughs> we abbreviate as much as possible because we're tired of typing all the time. Yeah, we're all kind of we're all kind of lazy when it comes to typing because we want to use all of our typing muscles to bring you the best news and views. So when it comes to talking to each other, we're all about the abbreviations. <laughs> right, um, it's just, just J and M and TA. That's it. Yes, yes. TA or R we can go with. I don't think we've yeah. done R before. No, okay. R, R just doesn't work. I, I prefer to call you TA. So also, last person in the crew, possibly the most important person, and we're going to have to fight over that someday. Uh, yeah, we yeah. got Rich, <laughs> bring it on. as TA. Say hello, Rich. Hey guys, back from holiday, refreshed, ready. Where, where did you holiday, Rich? I holidayed in the Spanish island of Mallorca, uh, which so was very nice. Did you did you have some good sangria? Please tell me you did. No, we didn't have any sangria. I had an awful lot of vodka there, so uh, swings and roundabouts. Yeah, you, you, fa- <laughs> you fail as a Spaniard. Vodka over sangria. <laughs> that, that's fine. I fail on <laughs> numerous levels, Jay. Um, that's just another one to add to the list. Alrighty then. So uh, now that we've got that out of the way, let's get into our uh, regular kickoff feature of what you're playing. Uh, Michelle, ladies first, what you're playing? Um, I have actually been playing mostly games that are full of easy gamer score um, due to the Great Achievement Score Challenge, which I've been involved in all year. So this launched in January. We're now in October. Um, and this week's eliminations left us with the top 18 teams in the competition. So it's getting uh, pretty tight up top now. And so I played uh, NCIS start to finish. Um, you know what? I did that last year for uh, for GTA <laughs> ASC as well. Oh, okay. So you guys all did GTA ASC too, right? Like, yeah. I know we were the f- Jay. You were on the Newshounds team that got eliminated in the first week. We're so busy. We don't have. <laughs> I have a wife and a dog and television and, and a job. And I, we, yeah. Look, I was on a team last year with uh, Jesse, Lita, um, White Pink, and Punky Liar. <laughs> you and, had a good uh, team. You had a very good team. You well, thank goodness for, it, for Connect. Yeah, we finished in 15th, I want to say. So my team this year is getting close. We can't finish worse than 18th at this point. But that's mostly what I've been playing is stuff for that. So NCIS, which honestly wasn't horrible. Um, you know, it's a point-and-click game, and it did that effectively. Uh, Sonic the Fighters, which was horrible, but it was 400 easy gamer score. Um, I've been playing TMNT this morning, which, again, is actually a lot of fun. Uh, I've enjoyed it. Um, and aside from that, I've played a lot of the free game this month, my Magic Clash of Heroes, 
um, which I knew nothing about before it was a free title. I like those sorts of puzzle match games, and I actually put something like seven hours into it already. So that says wow. something about it on its own that I put that much time with like no achievements coming my way, uh, and then still working on Connect stuff. I you know mostly with no achievements. Yeah, no seven hours. It was seven hours between achievements. So when I got, I was it, literally I... just about to say, should I be downloading that? And now you've already answered that. Yeah, I, was, I kind of <laughs> took a look at it too, and I'm like, it doesn't look. I mean, as much as I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth, I'm kind of like, I don't really care to have that. I think. Well, it, if you like that style of game, it's a puzzle match game, right? So um, you want to think of something like Puzzle Quest because you have to make certain matches to fight an enemy unit. Um, if you like that kind of game, this game is a really good iteration of that type of game. Uh, but just like all those games, they get rather lengthy. I mean, there are five quests within this one game, and uh, it probably took me about five hours to get through the first quest, and then the last couple hours I was just grinding out some level stuff. So uh, it's it, it's a lengthy game, but if you like that type of thing, well worth the investment in time, and of course the investment of free. So, uh, But if you don't, not going to change your mind, and it would just be a time sink. Cool. Okay. Rich, what, what have you been grinding away on? I've literally uh, just been playing GTA, and then I went away. But I put a good... 12 hours in before I went away and I put another three hours in I think um, when I got back so I have quite a lot to talk about on GTA um, which we will discuss a bit later so I won't spoil it excellent uh, on my end I uh, I finished up my first playthrough of XCOM Enemy Unknown um, you will both be happy to know your soldiers survived yes, yes. all the way to the end yeah awesome yeah I, I... do I get an achievement for that or um... <laughs> no Unfortunately, you don't, Rich. Um, because you and it's only because your soldier panicked quite a bit. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm saying nothing. <laughs> Michelle is stone cold sniper killer, but but Rich, yep. you, you panicked quite Sounds a bit. Right. I, do, I do tend to run. <laughs> uh, Safety first, Jay. Exactly. Um, and then uh, I started my first playthrough of Diablo three, which uh, and here's the thing: I love Diablo three. It's and I knew I would because I loved Diablo 2, but it's kind of doing the same thing that Might and Magic is doing for you, Michelle. Like, I got pretty steady achievements with my first playthrough because you get uh, achievements for beating all these mini-bosses on the normal mode. Um, you get achievements for equipping uh, gear in all your slots that's, like, at a level 25. You get achievements for completing all of the acts. You get achievements for killing 500 elite uh, enemies combining gems so it's like you get a, a good number of achievements in your first playthrough but in your first playthrough you then unlock the next difficulty level which is i believe uh gosh i'm playing through right now it, it's uh, nightmare mode and there are like no achievements for nightmare mode except for beating diablo in nightmare mode oh, wow. and then you unlock hell mode where there are no achievements in hell mode except for beating diablo in hell mode and then, once you beat oh, Hell Mode, you unlock Inferno Mode, where you get achievements for beating all the mini-bosses in Inferno Mode. Plus, you have the chance to clear out the uh, mini-boss challenges, triumph challenges. And then you've also got, like, achievements for uh, getting through all the conversation challenges, which you can miss those really easily. Uh, buying each type of item from merchants, where if you're playing this through consistently, you're sticking with one class of character. And I'm playing the Demon Hunter which works with bows and crossbows and such. So I really have no reason ever to buy, like, uh, a broadsword or a wizard staff. So I have no reason to buy these items from merchants. 
Um, then you've also got like achievements for raising the blacksmith and the jeweler to level 10, which you can't do until you get to Inferno mode. So really, it's like a good number of achievements in your first playthrough, a wide and long span nothing, of nothing, yeah. and then tons of achievements on the back end. I bet those achievements have decent ratios, though, don't they? The um, Let's see. The, last, the Inferno ones, they yeah. sound... Um, it looks so like... you're literally on your fourth playthrough, and there's no there's no shortcut. You can't start on Inferno no, mode. No, you can't unlock Inferno mode until you beat Hell mode. You can't unlock Hell mode oh, until you man. beat. That's harsh. Nightmare. How long's the playthrough? Um, you can get through it in like 15 hours, maybe, right. maybe Whew. if you really push it. Um, but yeah, the or beating Diablo in Inferno mode, it's only got a 2.23 ratio. So these aren't necessarily. I wouldn't say they're skill-based achievements, but they are time-sync achievements. Yeah, grindy, whereas, grindy. Whereas the, the like, triumph challenges where each mini-boss has a certain number of challenges, those are a little more skill-based, and their ratios are around 2.5 to 2.75-ish. Uh, so the game as a whole, it's re- I mean, its TA score is 18.99, so it's not terribly hard. It's just a time-sync. Fortunately, it's incredibly addictive. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I will probably clear this whole thing out. I think the toughest achievement is going to be uh, the Demon Slayer achievement, which is reaching level 30 in hardcore mode. And in hardcore mode, if you die, your character's dead and erased. So, Oh, no. And I oh, think wow. I'm at like level 41 with my normal character. So to reach level 30 in hardcore mode, you probably have to beat the game on normal difficulty without dying. That without dying. So that's probably going to be the last one that I go after. Wow. But I'm really enjoying it. Um, as... Kind of in my non-TA world, I'm going to be moving to North Carolina in the next couple of weeks and living in an apartment by myself as we transition and move our family and sell our house and all that stuff. So I'll have lots of Xbox time, I think. And I'll probably just be mm. grinding away at Diablo. So <laughs> hopefully uh, I set myself the goal to get 100,000 TA score by the end of the year. And I think with this move, I should be able to accomplish it. So Wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sounds good. So, uh, that's kind of what we've all been playing. Uh, let's get into the news. Oh, I've also been working on Achievement Challenge stuff, which we all kind of Yeah, have yeah, I had to go to that, too. So, that, that goes without saying. Um, so, let's get into the news. There was one kind of big bit of Xbox One news. Uh, Punky Liar did a really great job of compiling a whole bunch of Xbox One news into a story that was published a couple of weeks, to, a weeks ago. And the title of the story was Xbox One Gets 300 Gamer Picks at Launch. Um, so, I had quite a few comments on it. Um, the Gamer Picks was kind of like the keystone, but there's a lot of other, other news in here, so I'm just going to kind of bullet point it real fast. Uh, so thanks to some uh, interviews with like IGN and a few other outlets, uh, we, we got quite a bit of news that came out. So the first thing is those Gamer Picks, they're not going to be 64 by 64 resolution, and players are going to have the ability to capture full-body HD Gamer Picks in 1080p, which is really cool. Um, details are still a little scarce, but Microsoft did say they're going to have 300 gamer picks that players can choose from at launch. And you're going to have stuff like, you know, your standard avatar shot. And then there's going to be preloaded gamer picks that some people are very big fans of. Things that might, like, unlock with games. Mm. Uh, so so when you say full body HD gamer picks, you're talking about avatar um, I think shot, so. Rather than my own full, gorgeous, Yeah, because I, I know, I mean, um, I'm a, a Svelte Adonis. So I, I'm going to totally put that <laughs> Well... We all are. Let's yeah. be honest, we all uh, are. But they, they didn't show any, like, real-life pictures as examples, but they did show, like, the ones that I'm looking at are, like, three-quarters, you know, avatar shots. Um, so, like, like the story said, details are still a little sketchy, but 
300 gamer picks at launch is, is pretty good variety. I, I'm sure there's going to be overwhelming favorites for quite a few. Uh, but Michelle, I know you said that you're, you're kind of uh, you got some mixed feelings about this because you've you're quite fond of your gamer pick. Yeah, I, you know I've been using that gamer pick since September of 2009, so you know it's four years now. I, I changed it once for a day after I got seriously. Um, and I, I feel like for a lot of us, like it, it boggles my mind when someone on TA changes their gamer pick because I don't know yeah. who they are. I'm so accustomed to whatever that image is. Um, and some people will change uh, using like a personalized one, and that's fine. But when, when somebody has used one from Mass Effect for the last two years and then all of a sudden they're rocking a GTA 5 one, I'm completely confused. And I, I feel that way towards these gamer picks. I, I don't want to change my gamer pick. That's as much a part of my Xbox identity as my gamer tag is. So, But we'll see what's available. You never know what sticks. Yeah, I, I really only change my gamer pick when I go through a cosmetic change of my personal self. So in the winter, uh, Ohio winters got really cold, so I'd grow a beard in the winter, so I'd make my avatar have a beard. Mm. And I'd yeah, grow my hair shaggier, so yeah. I'd shaggier hair. And then in the summers... I'd usually shave down to like a goatee or like a soul patch and then have like a faux hawk. So that's kind of, that's the only time I ever really change my gamer pick. Or if I like unlock some really sweet gear from a game that I particularly enjoyed. So right now my, my avatar is rocking the Booker gear from Bioshock Infinite. And I don't see that changing for, for mm-hmm. a while. Unless, and, and I'm going to throw this out there. If anyone from Irrational is listening, if you throw in some really cool avatar gear with Burial at Sea, I will totally deck out my guy in that. Because... I cannot I cannot overstate how excited I am to go back to Rapture for Burial at Sea. But that's that's neither here nor there. Um, other things in this story are, and I think this is the big one that most gamers are going to be excited about, is the title updates feature. Because on the 360, title updates were mandatory if you wanted to play the game online. Mm-hmm. And if you happen to be playing online when that update comes out, you could be kicked out and have to download it before you could play again. But on the Xbox One, you have two choices. You can... Uh, or developers have two choices. They can choose a mandatory update, which is just like we described, or they can choose an optional update, which you can decline for forever until you decide you want to actually download it. I'm interested to see how often they yeah. would choose the optional. I mean, if I'm a developer, I want to know that everybody that has my game is playing the same right. version. So I think, well, uh, and I think that could also incentivize gamers to download those if they included a new batch of achievements because that's mm-hmm. something they can do. Sure. Or um, yeah. like if you're playing a game like Borderlands or something like that, like new loot classes and things like that. Well, I think there's also the potential though. There, there are some games I want to say like maybe Burnout Paradise is an example where an, um, a title update that was added actually made an achievement more difficult for whatever reason. It didn't break the game, but it just, it made the parameters more difficult to achieve. So you'd have people that are intentionally declining updates or whatever so that they could make that achievement easier. So this will run in both directions. I, I'm with Rich. I, I think that a developer puts out a patch because they want everyone running on the same version of the product. Because now if, if bugs come up and there are other flaws that appear, they're not going to spend time developing a patch to fix something from two patches ago, even if it's something new. So I, I feel like most of them are going to pick the mandatory update anyway. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I agree. I think that that's just the way it will go. So there is also um, Xbox One. You're obviously going to be able to track your own statistics. You can compare them uh, against friends, family, enemies, anyone you want. <laughs> so you can track your overall progress in a game uh, and, and as well as a lot of other features. So that's really neat because we have obviously tons of stat geeks here on TA of which... Yeah, absolutely. we love stats. Yeah. Um, dashboard, uh, 
you can uh, pin things to the dashboard, like favorite things that you like to use, uh, and, and all kinds of cool stuff. So That was good, actually. I saw that in action, and that was cool. Yeah. I also mentioned the multitasking. You can have up to four apps running simultaneously in the background of an Xbox One. Um, you can have games running alongside apps, and they did a really good job showing that off at like uh, E3 and Gamescom, showing how you can switch and snap back and forth. Uh, they also talked a little bit about the DVR feature, Game DVR, how you can record and save a clip so you can upload those to Xbox Live. Uh, Microsoft also said at some point you're going to be able to share those on YouTube and Facebook, which that's going to be really cool. I know, uh, I think the only time I ever really used that was when playing Halo 4 multiplayer. I, I still remember my favorite video clip was I used the, or no, it was Halo 3 or Halo Reach, where I used the hologram and had my guy like dash forward. Somebody went up to try and like, assassinated in the back and I just snuck up and totally knocked him down and assassinated him and I saved that. That was my favorite video clip of all time because I'm not very good at shooter multiplayer so when something cool like that happens I have to save <laughs> it. Right. Yeah, it's a shame it's only going to be on Xbox Live initially because um, obviously people use that stuff as solution right. um, guides right. and stuff so it would, be, it would have been cool to be able to export them anywhere you wanted right. to. Uh, and then the last thing is TV streaming which I know we. I know I particularly raised some concerns about this just because with the massive amount of variety just in the United States, not to mention internationally, and how TV systems work. Well, they're not doing international, yeah, not. are they? Um, so <laughs> oh, I, I think um, Albert Pinello um, said something how they're going to be working on it. It's going to be slow and rolling out. Um, so that that shiny new feature that I know I was excited about my wife is excited about it should work for us in the states but it, it might not work for uh, many others which is you know using voice control with connect to control your TV and your cable box so we'll, we'll see how that actually turns out but tons of tons of good news um, or updates rather in that story so make sure you check that out um, it, it's again it was published on the 24th of September Xbox one gets 300 gamer picks at launch so I know Punky Liar put a lot of work in compiling all that stuff, so make sure you give that a read-through if you have um, more questions. Uh, the next story that, that kind of jumped out at many of our members of our community was South Park The Stick of Truth is getting its release date, finally. Uh, so, um, South Park The Stick of Truth is going to be released on December 10th in North America and December 13th in Europe. Uh, so that's pretty cool. They also mentioned the Grand Wizard edition of the game, which uh, comes with a Grand Wizard Cartman figure, uh, the Kingdom of South Park map, and the Stick of Truth Ultimate Fellowship pack, uh, which is costumes and all that good stuff. That does look a very cool edition. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Now, the, the thing that I'm... And I'm going to go on a slight tangent here is the game is being made by Obsidian, uh, I'm a huge RPG fan, so I'm pretty familiar with Obsidian's work. And I gotta say, their track record is leading me to not buy this game at launch. Really? Just because they have such a record uh, of buggy launches and unpromised ideas, and just their games always seem to fall short of the mark. Uh, I know Fallout New Vegas, um, granted, Fallout games, they're, they're generally unstable, uh, just because the engine that Bethesda uses for them. But I felt like Obsidian's version was a little buggier than most. And granted, they did a lot of releasing patches, and it's it's relatively stable now. And it's if you like Fallout, you should definitely play it. Play it. But it was one of those games where I definitely held off from buying it for a while because I knew Obsidian has a track record. But the biggest transgressor for me, and this is something I don't know if I'll ever be able to truly forgive them for, 
was Alpha Protocol. Okay. Where that game had such progress or promise. It was going to be the spy RPG where you could, you know, be smooth and suave like James Bond. You could be a gadget whiz like Ethan Hunt. Or you could be like an improvisational expert like Michael Weston from Burn Notice or brutally efficient combat like Jason Bourne or, you know, just be a total badass like Jack Bauer. And it was just a buggy, broken mess. It was really just not a good game. And I didn't even play it until like almost two years after it launched and there were no patches. Like to me, that was like Obsidian just released this game, knew it was a big steaming pile of poo and then did nothing to fix it. And it, it really just rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, I, I wrote a really long personal blog post review about it. And there were like tons of just pop in messes, loading icon freezes, um, the last mission drags on for like well over an hour and it's totally buggy. There were just all kinds of AI problems with it. And it, it just really bugged the crap out of me. Um, which <laughs> we have this new feature called Easter eggs on the site where we try to highlight these hidden games that, you know, are kind of hidden away in the marketplace that only a couple people tend to find and really love. And I think there's somebody who always suggests that we do alpha protocol. And each time I'm like, nope. Not going to happen, <laughs> just because it was such a mess. Um, so circling back around, I, I'm really excited for Stick of Truth, but I'm definitely going to wait for it to be released and stable and see some reviews before I, I buy into the hype, because I love South Park, I love RPGs, and this is a game that I should buy, but I'm totally holding mm-hmm. off on. Yeah, I don't know, I, I'm always surprised when South Park still comes up in the discussion and is so like present and well-regarded. It, I kind of felt like it was something that would really you know, kind of taper off uh, as time went on. So it's cool to see there's still so much excitement for it, but it's, it's not really something on my radar. But I, I definitely saw in those comments, people are really pumped for the game, and hopefully Obsidian delivers on the promise and, and nobody runs into that when they get it. Yeah, and I think um, I grew up watching Saturday Night Live, and I think that South Park has really taken the the mantle of the best social commentary from Saturday Night Live, just because they're so they turn around that show in like less than a week, so it's always relevant, right. it's always up to date. Yeah, and the fact that those guys are involved with the making of the game makes you think the content is going to be really good. I just want to see the deliverables right. and how the game actually performs. So, speaking of uh, games that people are excited about or not excited about, uh, we have October's Games of the Gold promotion. So, probably by the time you're listening to this, you will have missed your opportunity to get uh, Hero- or Might and Magic Clash of Heroes, which was the free game uh, through October 15th. And then we got the game that everyone has been waiting for and just waiting to lambast Microsoft for, in that <laughs> they finally made Halo 3... Um, free for games of gold which i think you know halo 3 is probably the game that made most people buy their xbox 360s uh i know it's the reason that i bought an xbox 360 i waited for halo 3 to come out before i upgraded so it's one of the most popular games of this generation and i think it's really funny michelle you actually wrote the story for second october (laughs) games for gold title revealed and your strap line was author Don's yes. flameproof suit before submitting story because you just knew people yeah, well. were going to complain. And there were over 180 comments on this story 
and most of them were just lambasting Microsoft for making the most popular game of the generation free, <laughs> which blows my mind. Well, and it's, I, I don't, I don't blame people for being upset. I, I do get the other part of the argument. It's free. What is everyone complaining about? But if the point is supposed to be sort of an olive branch, like, hey, guys, we want you to really like us, um, offering something that 80% yeah. of your user base probably if already more, has I mean, using TA isn't a good way as an example. To... We've got mm-hmm. 185,000 registered users, and there's 160,000 with Halo 3. So, right. well, I, I guess my thing is this, didn't, this isn't coming from out of nowhere. I mean, Major Nelson announced this was going to be a free game. And so everyone knew this was coming. Well, that's the good part that this has finally been announced, though. Yeah. We, the, the games we knew at the top were going to be Assassin's Creed 2 and Halo 3. Now both of those games have come out, so really anything can possibly happen. Now we, we've had a few months of this, so we see generally how it goes. Uh, you know, it's generally a game that's five years old or so, something that is relatively popular. So it's kind of get those last few people on board with these big titles. But how we've how, do we know how long we've got left? We've got haven't we only got one more month of till December. Till December. It was In- till December, inclusive. I think. Yeah. So, so we've got two more, two more months. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. I mean, they're both good games. Assassin's Creed 2 and Halo 3, they're both fantastic games. Right. Yeah, they're but great. I just think they're fantastic games. Well, everybody I know has, has played both of those games. So Absolutely. they're a little bit disappointed. But obviously, TA is a small and fanatical um, sample size. So they're obviously going to be a whole load of 18 million others or however many it is that, that possibly don't have these two games. But um, good for them. <laughs> well, and I think there's also incentive for like the crew that... We all know people who rush out, buy the latest game, play it as fast as possible, and then sell it back. So there's probably yeah. a whole bunch of people who that applies to who can get back into Halo 3 for free, I suppose. Yeah, and there's a whole load of DLC, isn't there, that they might not have got if they'd sold it back straight away. So right. There is there is life to that game beyond the original boxed copy. Right, which kind of segues into Halo 3 ODST, which... If I had to say, that's probably one of my favorite Halo games. I absolutely love ODST, especially because it introduced Firefight, which is absolutely wonderful. Yeah, Firefight's good. I I thought the the single player was really poor. Really? Because I love that single (laughs) player. I really didn't get on with it. Yeah, I didn't get on with it at all. I don't know why. I think the reason I love the single player in ODST is because it played directly to how I like to play Halo games, which is I'm the type of guy who will play it on Legendary pick out like medium to medium distance weapons and take out as much as I can from a distance before sneaking around. And you had to do that in ODST, which is why I loved it. Plus I thought it had a great story. I thought ODST had a fantastic story. Yeah, it does have a good story. You're correct with that. Definitely. But I, I tend to charge in all guns blazing and, uh, that didn't really work yeah. out too well. No, it doesn't work out so well when you're not a Spartan. <laughs> yeah. I actually only ever played ODST. Well, is there an achievement that to do it solo? I don't think so. I, I only ever played it co-op, as I recall. So I, I never had an experience of playing it on my own. Uh, you know, yeah, the only thing I did on my own was uh, the one achievement for uh, destroying a certain number of engineers. So that was it. So I, I And part of the problem, in a way, of playing it cooperatively, the first time I played it actually was when we did that Halo-thon a couple of years ago. We did Halo 3 and Halo 4, or Halo 3, Halo Reach, and Halo 3 ODST in like a 24-hour marathon uh so i got dragged through that uh, you know like I, I didn't really know what was happening and then i played it again to get some stuff done i never really got attached to the story in any way and i think it might have just been playing it in the cooperative environment with people who had already played through it and they knew the story yeah. 
Um, but I, I never got a handle on the story, so that was never a sell for me. Yeah, I know I've still got several firefight achievements and a couple other multiplayer achievements to clean up. So at some point, I'll be going back to that. So hopefully, um, with Halo 3 being free, more people will jump into the multiplayer. And uh, Although ODST has completely separate multiplayer, so neither here nor there. But well, but it, people uh, might be getting that ODST disc, uh, and that came yeah. up in the in the thread. If you buy ODST, uh, it comes with a multiplayer disc that's all Halo Three content, so yeah. you can get Halo Three and all of its map packs for almost nothing. Yeah. But it, it kind of highlights what people's problem is with the free games. It's value. Um, you can go to a GameStop and buy a copy of Halo Three for like three bucks. Uh, so it's, it's almost insulting, like, great. So I had to pay a $6 membership fee for this month or whatever they charge per month, $8. So you can give me a $3 game. That's fantastic, Microsoft. Good for you guys. I, I guess I, I would counter that with, like, you're not buying the gold subscription to get games with gold. Right. You're buy- and I agree with that. I, I do. We, we paid all along and never got a free game. So this is just yeah. bonus. To me, it's like complaining when they put a cherry on your ice cream sundae. I just, how dare you give me this cherry, sir? I'm allergic to cherries, so that would be terrible. Rich, are you pulling my leg? Yeah, really a little allergic? bit. Yeah. I am a little bit. I was going to say, I don't think you're allergic to cherries. That's a weird thing to be allergic to. Sorry. All right. Um, let's move on before we completely derail this podcast. Uh, the next story that I found kind of interesting was uh, the Arkham Origins season pass uh, became detailed. And basically this Origins season pass is going to get you... Uh, the Gotham by Gaslight Batman skin and the Brightest Day Batman skin, the New Millennium skins pack, the Infinite Earth skins pack, and then Arkham Origins Initiation, which allows you to play as Bruce Wayne before he became Batman and face his final test to prove himself worthy to his greatest teacher, Kariji, which I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Forgive me, Batman fans. And then an all-new story campaign. Uh, So... Let's just kind of encapsulate this discussion on the the season pass trend. Now, it's pretty common for most shooters to have a season pass just because you know they're going to release map packs. And if you're a, an avid fan of a particular shooter, if you're the Call of Duty guy who gets every Call of Duty and just plays it all year long, it makes sense to get that season pass because you're going to buy all those map packs anyway. Yeah, and you, there's, a, right. there's a reasonable saving, I think, on the Call of Duty ones. I think, effectively, it's like buying three, getting one free. Yeah, something like that. It's about, right. it's about a 25% it's how it is. reduction. So, um, that's, that's you know, if you're going to buy, as you say, if you're going to buy all four, and there's a lot of people that do, and I think that the Call of Duty ones in particular are decent pieces of DLC, you know, you've got all the zombie stuff in there, um, then it's worth doing. But then, recently, developers have been doing the season pass with more single-player-oriented games. I know Irrational put one out for Bioshock Infinite, and Irrational puts out games so infrequently that, and I usually, and I've loved them that I'm always like, you know what? I will give Irrational my money just to give them my money. And then they released Clash in the Clouds, <laughs> which some people loved it, some people hated. I liked it. The achievements are get ridiculous at the end, but I enjoyed it. And then they dropped this bombshell of, oh yeah, the season pass is going to include you going back to Rapture. Which is just mind blowing. Two separate packs where you get to play as Booker and then you get to play as Elizabeth going through a new story in Rapture before Rapture like fell apart. So I'm like, well that's gonna be totally worth my money. When I heard about that, I'm like, here, yes, absolutely take take my money, give that to me, take your time, I'm willing to wait, just make it good. And then we have ones like this Batman one, where it's tons of skins, a Bruce Wayne play playing scenario. 
And then the, quote, all-new story campaign. So, to me, the story campaign sounds good. Yeah. The rest of it, I could take or leave. But... Right. Well, and I'm like, the story campaign, right. how long is it going to be? How many yeah. achievements are going to be attached to it? It's right. it's really, you know, you're investing in something without a promise of return at this point. So, I've bought two season passes, I think, in my life. I bought one for Saints Row 3, and I bought one for L.A. Noire. Yeah, I bought um, the L.A. Noire mm-hmm. one, too. Yeah, about the yeah. one. Also. And, and that was okay. It was, you know, it was decent. Are these? Do these season passes continue to be available throughout the lifetime of the DLC being released? So if I wanted to, let's say I don't buy any of the DLC, and then all of it comes out, and I think actually I'd quite like to buy all of the DLC for Batman. Um, yeah. Can I still buy the season pass at that stage? That's, that's a really good question. Yeah. I think you can. I, I believe. Yeah, you absolutely can. Actually, last year that was. Um... Was it last year or the year before? I'm not 100% sure, but when they did the 12 days of Christmas sales, uh, like every other day or every day had a season pass. Season pass. So okay. these were things so where all the content cool, had already it? been out. Right, and now it was on sale on top of it. You so can wait to see if it reviews well. Yeah. You can see how long each bit is, and then you can make an informed decision. Um, Absolutely. Putting the money up front seems... It just seems like they're using kind of a false title on it in a way. Like yeah. We've seen things like this before. But they haven't been called season passes. In in Gears of War, yeah. you could get colored lancers, and they made a colored lancer pack with a whole bunch of lancers in it, and it was a little cheaper. This is sounds more like what this Batman Arkham Origins season pass is, where it's a whole bunch of like extra stuff, but not it really any content. Like you're not getting too much for your twenty bucks, right? Right. And the thing, I mean, I enjoy. I think when I played like Arkham City, I had a couple of skins that I got for pre-ordering, or that I got, I think my wife actually bought me the collector's edition for Christmas one year, but I came with a classic skin or no, it came with, um, the, the dark Knight return skin where it's like the old Batman, which is neat. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, so that skin is just for him, is it? Yes. Or is it, does it right? Okay. So it's just a, effectively a different suit. Yeah. And I understand that, you know, everyone's going to have their favorite iteration of Batman and you might want to have your Batman look a certain way. So that's cool, but I feel like skins, they're very multiplayer focused. Like, who, who right. else are you going to yeah, yeah. see this? Who's going to care? Yeah, it's a fair and, point. And even then, you're going to, like you said, you have your Batman that you like. You're not going to want to play as 10 Batman iterations. Right. You're going to want to play as the one you liked. So why get the pass when you can buy one for a fraction of the cost? Yeah, so, I, and there, I mean, kind of circling back around to the season pass thing, when you have games like Borderlands 2, where the developer has a track record of releasing good DLC packs, and then they say, hey, we're going to make a season pass with more content, I'd be more likely to, to give them money for that in advance, right. knowing that it's coming. But I, I think we all kind of circled around again to, they don't cancel the ability to buy a season pass. I don't think they've ever really done that. Occasionally, they'll offer it as a disc, a, a discounted season pass for like the first couple of months. I think LA Noir did that where yes, if you bought it right away, it was Yeah, cheaper. that's when I picked it up actually. Yeah. But aside from that, I, I, I kind of, I'm curious to see where this trend goes. Obviously it's got to be popular. Obviously developers have to make money on it or else they wouldn't keep doing it. But I think it's really interesting that it's continuing to go on with single player games. All right. In other news, uh, it's kind of sad to, to bring up these stories because I know the community really doesn't like hearing about them. Or they like hearing about them, but they hate the fact that they happen. But uh, WWE 12's online functionality is going to be going down on October 29th. And there are achievements tied to this. 
there's the start Xbox Live NXT achievement, which is worth 23 points, which has you play in an Xbox Live match. The A Creator is Born achievement, which is worth 25 points, upload one creation to the WWE Community Creations. The Critic achievement, which is review five or more Community Creations. And then the Secret achievement, which is you've got fans, content you uploaded to Community Creations. Spoiler. Spoiler! <laughs> I don't think anyone ever has. It's downloaded five or more times by other players. It's a big score for that. Well, yeah, you got to find five chumps to download your crap. <laughs> um. It's not about that. The, the, the WWE servers, and this is something to the credit of um, 2K, who's now taking over the series after the collapse of THQ. Actually, they fixed this problem. But the WWE servers are historically terrible. So it's not a problem of getting five people to vote. It's a problem of getting five people who can log in to access your content to vote on it. Um, so I actually started this right after that story came out. And um, it did not take long to do. But the first time I went to go online to upload um, my creation, I had to hit the like retry button 12 times. And then it finally let me in. And once I was in... It was okay. Everything was stable. So don't get discouraged if it doesn't let you into the server right away. It's also one of those games where you really have to try, you know, connecting late at night and, and, and monitor what time you're going on. Unfortunately, the, the servers are really bad. Nothing takes a long time to do. And if you go into the thread for that story, it's still active with people helping each other and giving each other votes and things like that. If someone needs a vote, you can message me. I'll figure out to get you one somehow. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, that's the difficulty with it. It does not take long to do. Getting into the servers is a pain. Now with 13, again, it's very good now. If you go into 13 and play, since 2K took it over, servers are great. Really no issues. With 12, it's 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 bad. And and this always circles back around to the, the constant complaint of how dare someone shut down servers, <laughs> which I, I I kind of understand that complaint, but I'm also thinking from the business side of if you're releasing a game every year, you want people to buy that game, and giving somebody two years to play a game on servers seems pretty healthy to me, unless you're have a ridiculous backlog and buy games and don't play them for three or four years, <laughs> like, like everybody, like like most of well, our everyone our on community. TA, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when did when did this come out? 2011. Is yeah. it Right. It's always the year okay. before. Mm-hmm. Okay. But if you go on even now, if you go on WWE 13. Um, and I go on there and trying to work on the, the rank up achievement and it shows you the list of how many people are in each match type. And it's like three people are currently playing normal one-on-one, zero people are playing everything else. So it's not like they're being so well used and the service was still up and active and who knows what the, I imagine with the change that this is going to be the way of things, the servers are going to get closed because THQ never closed them, I think. I don't know if THQ did or didn't, but I don't recall them being one of the companies that closed servers every couple of years. And, and for the record, THQ bankrupt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very related. So, but yeah, easy to do. If any of you guys are considering starting 12, um, you can do this stuff fairly quick, but make sure you have people lined up to vote for your stuff when you get it started. Uh, otherwise, you might get caught because people aren't going to find your stuff randomly and obviously use the gaming session feature on the site to set that up because with the servers closing at the end of the month there's going to be people who want to pop these achievements so yeah there will be yeah set up some gaming sessions get a crew together just knock it all out so it's done and out of the way and you can then maybe move back to working on the stuff you don't need the servers to play 
So moving on, um, I'm going to let Michelle kind of take the lead with this story, but I'll, I'll kind of introduce it. Uh, we have a story called Xbox Fitness Wants to Make You Lose Weight. So obviously with the introduction of Kinect, it, it opened up a wave of fitness games um, that you know encourage you to try and get into shape with your Xbox. Uh, you know, most of the, the dancing games have some sort of calorie burner achievement where you, know, you really want to get your sweat on. So this story uh, is talking about you need an Xbox Live Gold membership to use this, but it's called Xbox Fitness. And you'll be able to do this free on your Xbox One until December 2014. So you're going to have a full year to use this Xbox Fitness, which from the looks of it, you're going to have access to all kinds of really cool fitness programs, um, which is like P90X, which I've tried once or twice, and that is insanely crazy hard. <laughs> um, but there's all kinds of really nice pictures of beautiful people and their beautiful torsos <laughs> on, this, on this page. Uh, but I'm going to let Michelle take this away because I know, Michelle, you've made the Connect a regular part of your fitness routine. Yes. And you really enjoy it. Am I right? Yeah. It's not just enjoying it. It works. Uh, and of course, like anything, it's a matter it's, – it's it has to be very self-motivated. So you can get 10,000 calories in your shape by putting your chair in front of it and making sure that it re reads your chair. I don't think anyone in this room has done that, right? Um... Right? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Rich, you just need to put Daisy down and let her crawl around for a couple of hours. Hang on a fine. minute. That's one of my most proud achievements. That set up, set up Daisy's pop in play and just let Daisy Daisy's pop the gonna, achievement for you. She's going to do your shape 2012 for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> done too right. Too um, right. She's crawling now. That's possible. Ooh, wow. Mobile. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, um,. But yeah, the connect is very self-motivated kind of work. So you you get out of it what you put into it. But I think a lot of that has the reason why people do kind of shortcut it is the the failings of the connect in some ways. It can be fooled and you, it it doesn't give you a whole lot of feedback. So they come up with something cool like um oh gosh uh the connect fitness app that they had released um the get fit app or whatever it was. I it just slips my play fit. Um, and it's a cool idea. You could see what your friends are doing. You could see some of your statistics and all that. But not every game tracks, and, and sometimes days get kind of swallowed up. It's, it takes forever to load. This fitness, this Xbox fitness deal, seems to take everything that that was thinking of and really take it to the next level. I mean, they're saying it can measure your heart rate using, like, skin fluctuation, uh, how, how fast you punch. And then by using like name workouts. You mentioned P90X and Sanity is also included. Um, these are things that people have used successfully and are already geared toward using. Um, so I'm really excited to see how it works. And the fact that you get a one-year free trial really helps. Yeah, yeah. So I read the I read the story and I watched the video and the video looks scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks pretty intense. So I will definitely be giving this a go. But it doesn't actually... So it doesn't really give any clues to whether you will then have to purchase the lessons... Um, yeah. I, no. you get a free usage of the Xbox fitness, but I don't know. I assume that comes with probably one lesson from each of the four instructors yeah. that mm -hmm. they had on the, on the thing. And maybe you then buy additional ones. There's got to be some incentive for them. Would you not right. think, do you reckon this is all free? The whole thing forever um, or till December? I kind of think this is, we'll give you a taste. We'll you know, yeah. you'll get hooked on it because obviously if you're exercising and exercising well, you release endorphins and it does become addictive. I know I was a serious, yeah, totally. I was a serious workout junkie in college um, because it 
endorphins and then I started to look really good and then I met my wife. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, <laughs> and then the gym stopped. It's funny how this all goes. Um, yeah. No, then I started a job where I traveled two weeks out of every month for work and had to eat at restaurants and yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's how that happened. So we all going to try this. I'm definitely going to try it. Once I'm I actually get my um, Xbox One, which is probably going to be spring of next year at the earliest, I'll definitely give it a shot, especially since we're going to be buying a new house and I can actually customize a living room to work with a Kinect now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely give it a look. Yeah, and I think, like, it almost, uh, the presentation looks sort of like Netflix to me. Like, it's like a Netflix yeah. for fitness programs. I imagine that's where they're headed with it. So I agree with you guys. It'll probably be like, here's a, the free intro lesson for P90X. Yeah. And hopefully you get into that and you see some results after doing it. Or it, it may not be a lesson, but it may be uh, most of these exercise things are broken down into phases. So, you yeah. know, you have phase one, two, three, four. And you may get everything for phase one, which will be, you know, two workouts twice a week. And yeah. if you see results, you're going to want to keep it up. It's just like if you see a personal trainer at a gym. Mm-hmm. If, if yeah. you actually see results, even though it's expensive, you want to pay in because the results feel good. Uh, I think this is really exciting. I, I can't wait to see how well it actually tracks stuff because it, even with the current Connect, it tracks some stuff really well. But if you I go can tell you a, that the next one is is a whole <laughs> step up. It really is. I cannot wait. Yeah, cannot wait. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Oh, but what I'm interested to see is how how well they integrate the feedback into the session yeah. into the lessons obviously normally right. these, these come on dvds there's no interaction at all um so how how they actually balance what you've you've achieved in the last in the last session with what they do in the next one i think that'll be really yeah it cool. could be something right. where they just kind of show your wireframe of your actual form on the screen so you can compare it to what's on the screen and make adjustments from there but yeah i kind of wonder how interactive it's going to be that's a really good point rich it may be something like uh, like the way they did with the Sesame Street apps, right? Where it's like part watching and part interacting. <laughs> I mean, where, where it's actual interaction, where the connect is really tracking you versus the other parts where you're supposed to just do the work on your own. Um, so we'll see. I, I'm, I'm really excited for it, though. And the fact that, it, again, it's freely loaded into it. And I don't think they mentioned what the price will be yeah. once it is a pay-for app, did they? So No, no, they don't. There's no, there's no mention of that. It just says free to use until the end of next year. So... This could be one of those things where Microsoft gives it a try, sees how popular it is, and if it's popular, then they start to monetize it. If it's not popular, then they just upright cancel it. Right. I mean, the nice thing about this, too, because they're they're saying through December 2014, is you know it'll get support for that long, which is important for all these apps that they launch. It's it's terrible. Like, something like Game Room launched, and it was supposed to be thousands of games, and it, you know, they supported it for, like, three months and then it was done. So uh, this this seems to be a promise to support it for a year, which is another exciting element of it. Uh, our next uh, story is, uh, it's going to kind of circle us back around to talking about Halo 3 and, and Games with Gold, but Assassin's Creed Heritage Collection announced. Uh, so Ubisoft uh, announced Assassin's Creed Heritage Collection, and it's going to be an anthology that includes the first five Assassin's Creed games, um, which is Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed 2, which they're giving you the Game of the Year edition, which includes the Battle of Forley and the Bonfire of the Vanities DLC. Then Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, Assassin's Creed Revelations. So that kind of takes you through Altair, Ezio. And then you also get Assassin's Creed 3, which brings in Connor and the American Revolution. Uh, Now, I personally have played everything but Assassin's Creed 3. That's probably going to be a game I try and pick up on like a Black Friday sale this year if I can find it super cheap. I wouldn't bother. Really? I I heard it was pretty kind of subpar. But it's one of those things where I, I really enjoy the world. And I am kind of a history nut when it comes to like the American Revolution. Okay, you might enjoy it. You might enjoy it. I found it frustrating. I loved, 
I played a bit of one, but I, it was flawed. Did you finish yeah. one? I did. I finished the story, but I didn't finish all the, the achievements because I don't want to hunt down... There's a lot of grindy, grindy flag yeah. collecting. Flag nonsense. collecting, hunting down the Templars. Yeah, I didn't want to do all that. Um, and I loved two, and I loved uh, Brotherhood. I started to wane on Revelations yep. a bit. And then three, it was just like the final nail in the coffin. I've, I know nothing about four. I've, I've had opportunities to go behind the scenes, <laughs> do videos, do all sorts of interviews on it. I've just got no enthusiasm for it at all. I kind of wonder how well 4 is going to do, because I think that's a common sentiment amongst fans of the Assassin's Creed franchise, is that Brotherhood and Revelations really just milked it with an annual thing, and then 3 was kind of a disappointment, and now 4 is coming out just a year after 3, which it's a completely different team, supposedly. Oh, really? Yeah, I heard it was going to... Or I, I, I don't know. I, I could be wrong on that, but I feel like, well... Here's the thing. If you've sat through the credits on a Ubisoft Assassin's Creed game, you realize that they have like every studio around the yeah. world making it. So I, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of, I'm getting the itch to play some Assassin's Creed again because I haven't played any in like year and a half, two years. So I will pick up three then. You'll, you'll probably enjoy it. I have to say the boat stuff on three is awesome, but it's just not, doesn't form enough of the game. Um, that, that stuff is really good. I think it's this heritage collection more than emphasizing what was good about the Assassin's Creed universe and why we all got into it is sort of emphasizing the, the problems we have going into four. I, I feel the same way. A lot of people and myself included just, I'm not interested in four. I bought three. I bean dived it. I haven't played it since and I have no inclination. Um, I, I don't really know. Like I think I felt the same way too. Like by the time we got to revelations, I was like, um, okay. You know, I'm kind of not feeling this, but I really liked Ezio. I liked the character, and I knew that arc was concluding, so that got me to push through the game. I don't really care about this new guy. And and 3 didn't pull me in, and I was already getting tired of it. So I think they 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 kind of have an interesting challenge ahead of them, because it, it seems like people have kind of gotten tired of Assassin's Creed. And don't forget that nearly everybody will now have 2, which I yeah. would argue is probably the, the best game of the bunch. It is. Um, for free, they'll have got that on their games with gold, assuming they have that. So that right. that removes some of the, the 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 spark from this collection for me. But have we seen how much it's going to be? No, I was actually um, trying to look that up right now, and I'm not I'm not finding it on Amazon yet. And there is no price listed. It's supposed to be coming out in November November eighth. So that's like a, less than wow. a month away. And I don't see it on Amazon.com. That's interesting. And yeah, I really wonder. They can't be charging more than like seventy bucks for this. I would think. I mean, a, a standard game here in the United States is like sixty bucks. Um, I reckon it will be a hundred. Really? Well, if you, there's five big games there. That it is, but then again, you can probably find those the first four of them and buy them separately. If you're efficient about it, you can probably buy those first four separately for fifty bucks. Well, that we'll keep you updated as soon as the price gets announced for that. But I think that's going to be the key. It's obviously they're trying to pull in people who maybe just have the first two and then checked out on like Brotherhood Revelations and three. Um, so I'm yeah. wrong. It's just normal price. One game, normal price. Normal price yeah. Oh, At least right. on well, PlayStation Three. Uh, I can't find it on Amazon UK for Xbox, but on PS3 it's a it's yeah. a normal forty. Forty pounds, which is standard, um, All right. standard game price. Well, That's that, a bargain. If you've not played any Assassin's Creed games, yeah. get that. <laughs> yeah, it, I kind of wonder how common this is going to be because obviously, 
in this 360 generation, we've had several really good series come out from yeah. like Gears of War yeah. to Mass Effect. I know Mass Effect already released their anthology. We have Assassin's Creed. Uh, I'm trying to think what other games would actually fall into Halo. Oh, uh, well, I mean... Um, Saints Row. Saints Row, yeah, Saints Row. Uh, so I, I kind of wonder how many more developers and publishers are going to be releasing these anthologies. Because right now, I don't own any of the Saints Rows. But if they released an anthology with, like, the first four for, like, an affordable price, I might be inclined to check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, interesting. Um, and speaking of kind of keeping people playing games, uh, Gearbox has done something that's pretty unprecedented. And this is still pretty hot news. It just started up this weekend. Um, but they're doing Borderlands 2 Loot Hunt, which is going to give gamers the chance to win real monies like real cashola uh granted this is u.s only so sorry rich oh. no, no, no no monies for you <laughs> but there is all kinds of loot they're giving away they're giving away playstation vitas with copies of borderlands 2 borderlands 2 turtle beach headsets they're giving away an nvidia shield pc streaming setup with a tiki pc by falcon northwest that's a sweet prize um, they're giving away uh, graphics cards from uh, NVIDIA. They're giving away Brady Games, Borderlands 2 Game of the Year strategy guides. And the kind of one of the cool prizes is a lifetime supply of all 2K games on Steam, past, present, and future. That's very that's cool. A, that's a sweet prize. So really they're incentivizing gamers to keep playing Borderlands 2, doing things like community goals, uh, daily targets, uh, which you hunt down specific enemies, which I think that's so awesome that they're doing yeah, stuff like cool. this. Yeah. I think this is a sort of welcoming in the the, the Xbox One feel of the of the the challenges and all that sort of stuff. I reckon we can see we're going to see more of this. Right. Yeah, I hope so. Um, obviously, Borderlands Two is one of those popular games of last year. There are tons of people playing it. Tons of people still playing it. They're even. I mean, they released the Game of the Year edition with the first four DLC packs in it so keeping people involved that that's really just totally awesome yeah i think they had a little glitch when they launched it like I, they had to actually delay the launch a little bit i seem to remember reading on their facebook page probably had something to do with whoever was you know how many people trying to get involved but this is just a really cool idea and xbox used to do things like microsoft used to do things like these like the xbox all-nighters and things like that and they sort of fell off so hopefully this is the start of a new trend yeah um Speaking of new trends, we've got a, a new trend we're launching here on TA. Um, obviously, if you follow the site, you've noticed we've had some new weekend editorial features. I know we already mentioned Easter eggs, and then we also have the TA Top 5. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Michelle wrote up the TA Top 5 for co-op games, and we wanted to use that as kind of a launch point for a new feature that we're calling Co-op Corner, where we're getting co-op buddies or co-op groups together to talk about their favorite co-op game. Now, obviously... We're going to have a lot of people who love co-oping Gears of War. They're going to love co-oping Halo, love co-oping Borderlands, uh, trying to think of others. Uh, Diablo 3 you can co-op. So there's obviously super popular co-op games, but we're also talking about co-op games that might not have that mainstream appeal that are just completely fun to play with friends. Uh, so we're opening this up to submissions from the community. So uh, if you and your buddies absolutely love playing kind of one of these less well-known games in co-op, um, send me a PM, OSU Blue Jack, and let me know it's, it's something you're interested in writing up and the friends you'll be writing it up with, 
And I'll personally work with you to kind of craft something to bring it to the front page. Um, you know, there are definitely different approaches you could take on this. I think, Jay, I think you played this with me, actually. But, like, a uh, good example, I think, of a, a good co-op corner type game, and not to say games like Gears of War aren't good for that, and certainly that can be suggested, but, like, Brink. Brink was yeah. terrible when you played it on your own, but when you played it with a group, that game was a ton of fun. It, we had a great time when we played it. I, I wouldn't say it's a ton of fun, but I would say it's a oh, palatable it enjoyment no. experience. We were all laughing. We were having a good time. The time we spent playing it flew by. It's not a matter of – the thing about playing something co-op is it's not about the game itself. It's about the experience of having it with other people. Yeah. And I know something that came up a lot with like um, – and I've mentioned before, like I didn't – historically wasn't a co-op gamer. I came from playing, you know, JRPGs and doing all this stuff by myself. Um, so I know a lot of people, when the co-op uh, article came out, like Left 4 Dead, I played it by myself, actually. It wasn't a co-op game mm-hmm. for me. I didn't play it with other people until um, I was going for achievements in it. And by that point, I'd already done the campaigns and whatnot. But the experience of playing the game is much different in co-op, and that's part of it. So Brink, yes, still is terrible development, <laughs> um, but it was fun. We had a great time playing it. Then that's what this is about. So and even if you're thinking of things like Magic, uh, the first Magic has a co-op campaign. If that was awesome for you and a buddy, suggest that to Jay, and uh, he'll help you write something up. And, and maybe you can highlight to people, you know, you typically don't think of Magic as a co-op game or Brink as a fun game. Um, and this would be a way to highlight that for people who wouldn't look at it that way, who aren't typically co-op gamers or who just don't look at that element of things. Yeah, I know one game that sprang to my mind, and I'm actually – you're going to see a lot of love for this game in the next couple of weeks because I'm going to feature it as an Easter egg. I know what you're going to say. What am I going to say? Star Trek. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Rich, I'm putting you in the timeout corner. (laughs) Um, Sorry. No, the game that I was talking about is Syndicate, which came out of Starbreeze. That game, it didn't have traditional multiplayer. Its multiplayer was all co-op. And it had a great progression. It was a lot of fun. Um, Granted, if you were gunning for that CEO achievement, which is kind of like the... uh, the seriously achievement for that game. It took a while, but if you were playing that with friends, holy wow, it, it was fun. That game is so much fun. So that's going to be featured as an Easter egg, and I might even try and pull somebody in to write a co-op corner about it because that that co-op, it, it's criminally underplayed right now, but it's so much fun when you're playing it with people. So yeah, if you and a couple of your buddies uh, have a game you absolutely love playing co-op together that might be a little off the beaten path, Send me a PM. Again, OSC Blue Jacket. Let me know the game in question and the friends you're playing it with. And I'll write you back. Say, here's what I'd like to see from you. If you and your buddies want to sit down together, kind of write this out. And we'll totally put it on the front page. So I'm totally looking forward to, or I will you know, drag L write it with me since he played it with me, the write-up for 50 Cent Blood on the Sand. <laughs> Talk about a game that had no right being as fun as it was, but in co-op, it's 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 a real experience. So yeah, I've played that in co-op too. It, it's a great time, isn't it? Yeah, it's, like, it's, good. it's fantastic. So, yeah, Co-op Corner, um, please let us know. Bring us your feedback. We, we, want, we want to feature it. Um, speaking of feedback, we are in a, a fun kind of transition year. When one console starts to merge away and one starts to ramp up. So the past couple of years, we've done Game of the Year awards um, for TA, where the community all votes on this. But we're actually going to do something a little different and unique this year. We're going to do some Game of the Generation awards. So we're in kind of the formulation phases in the, in the staff mode for this, getting it all set up on the back end. But keep your eyes peeled, because we'll be cooking up some best best 360 games in each genre. So... 
it's going to be a real bloodbath for shooters because you're going to have every Halo game, every Call of Duty game, every Battlefield game, every Gears game. It's going to be a, a ridiculous battle to find out what was the best shooter of this generation, what was the best RPG of this generation, um, best downloadable XBLA title of the generation. So we're, it, that's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be tons of work for us on the back end. But uh, I can't wait to see where the community goes with this. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for this. Actually, it should be a great great week of voting um, coming up in November. I'm curious if we'll see the recency bias that a lot of these things have. Yeah, I'm really curious point. about that. Is that is a fair point. Yeah, I, I'm kind of curious too because I, obviously I'm kind of the RPG nut, and it's going to be really hard to put something like Skyrim up against something like Mass Effect Two or Mass Effect Three up against something like Dragon Age Origins. Up against something like The Witcher Two or right. Dark Souls. <laughs> well, it yeah. comes down to what is what is your guideline for game of the generation? Is it because it looked the best, played the best? Is was it impact? Because even though Mass Effect Two may have been better than One, One was the one that broke the mold and and got that out there. So so what are the things that make you consider a game of the generation? So and that's why usually we see the most recent games because they look the best. They they've hammered out all the bugs and all that. Um, you know, Gears of War 3 is great, and it did all these wonderful things, but without Gears 1 to start all that, we never get to 3, so... Yeah, uh, that's fair, but even more hard than that, you're talking genre-based, but you, we want people to come up with their top 5 games as well, not oh, just by oh, genre, right. so you've got to that's... think of your favourite game that's ever come out on the 3 Are we going to do stuff like Top Achievements again? We're looking top into DLC, that right now. Like, so, uh, yeah, this is going to be crazy, like, <laughs> a lot crazy. Absolutely. We're going to talk a little bit about our game of the month, which it's this underground niche title. Um, it, it's, it, I believe it's pronounced Grand Theft Auto Five or Grand Theft Auto V. Uh, I'm not quite sure. Grand Theft Auto. Gra- I got that or, wrong. Or Jutav? Is it Jutav? <laughs> Jutav. Yeah. Jutav. Um, so, Rich, we're going to let you take point here because you're obviously the, the biggest GTA nut out of all of us. Uh, I have a little bit of experience with the franchise. But what I think is going to be important in this discussion is we're going to have to separate it between the GTA Five campaign single player yeah. and the GTA Five online. So, Rich, why don't you just take a minute, tell us your impressions of, of the single player, because that's where most people are spending their money and their time, I think. Yeah, I um, so I picked this up on launch day, I pre-ordered it, and um, I was like, um, this hasn't happened to me for a long time that I've been this excited for a game that I've actually stood at my window waiting for the postman. You were to like arrive. a little puppy dog. <laughs> I was. It was really weird. I felt like I'd gone back in time. Um, and in fact, annoyingly, the postman didn't turn up till like 1 p.m., <laughs> which was meant a lot of time staring at that window. But uh, eventually, he arrived, and I, I then installed it. It's quite a long installation process. Um, you have to install one of the discs completely before you can play, which is a pain. And you can't install it from the dash. Like I knew you had to install it. It says on it, you must install this disc. But you can't install it from the dashboard as you normally would with a game. It, it actually has its own installer built in. So you actually play it in order to install it the first time around, which was, just threw me a bit. Um, but yeah, it, I, was, I was straight in there. Um, you're... You're not introduced to the... Everyone knows the three main protagonists in GTA V, um, but you're not introduced to them all immediately. Um, you start off and you you meet Franklin, um, and he's uh, in the hood, and he's with a couple of his homies, and they're doing some cool stuff, and there's some funny dialogue straight away. And um, the previous GTA is built up quite slowly, but this was straight in with the action um, 
But as I say, like a very funny script, exactly what you'd expect from Rockstar. I was laughing out loud numerous times in the first couple of hours at, at some of the some of the lines of dialogue. Um, graphically, which is probably the first thing you notice, it's a step up. It felt like a big step up from GTA 4. There was a weird sort of blur around GTA 4 when you sort of, if it was sunny, there'd be like a haze. Um, if you looked into the distance and everything was a little bit blurred, I imagine they did that for to avoid pop-up or it, there was some reason for it. But you don't get any of that in 5. It's very sharp, very clear, very bright colours. It feels very real. The, the, the city feels alive, just as many GTA games do. Um, yeah, first impressions were, were very positive. Um, the characters are, are well-rounded, they're well-developed. Michael is the second character you meet, who's the family guy. He's got a very dysfunctional family. Again, loads of amusing dialogue. Um, and, and you're straight in with some fun missions, like straight off the bat, it's, it's exciting to play. And I played probably four hours a day for the first three days I had it. So I gave it a pretty good, uh, pretty good go. And I got up to around 33, about a third of the way through the game. There's a percentage completion statistic uh, on your stats page, which tells you how far you are through. And that includes um, story missions, uh, non-story missions, random events, and miscellaneous events. And all of those add up to 100%. So you can actually, I think you can complete the, the full story and only do around 55 complete, 55% completion for the whole game. Um, so there's a whole lot to do in the game. Absolute ton of stuff to do. It's vast. I mean, that's the one thing that you realise. The first time I got into um, an aircraft, like I bought, I bought the um, the pre-order pack that had some uh, free DLC, which was uh, included a blimp, so I could um, wander off and call in a blimp, and it would get delivered to your nearest airfield, and you can go and pick it up, and you can get into this blimp. And I literally just flew straight for maybe 15 minutes. In this blimp, it was enormous, and the map just continued to expand in front of me. Uh, it was it, it's a pretty huge environment. My favorite Twitter story uh, from this, because it kind of touches upon that, comes from Dan Reichert, who writes for Game Informer, and he, he's a character. Uh, if you don't follow him on Twitter, you should. He, he's hilarious. But he says his GTA Five experience was beating somebody up, jumping in his blimp. And taking off as Steve Winwood's higher love starts playing, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. that is that's awesome. I want I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, as ever, the soundtrack's fantastic. It really is good. Um, a whole host. I've been listening to West Coast classics, which has like NWA and uh, really old school hip hop stuff that I, I was quite into when I was a kid. So uh, it's amazing to put those. And it, it does give you a feel for the game. You know, when you when you're driving around, there's, there's rock stations, there's um, house music, dance music. All sorts of stuff, classic 80s uh, music, it, you know, you've got your full choice. But as ever, they're interspersed, all the, all the music stations are interspersed with little news headlines from stuff that's just happened. So if you've just done a heist, um, then 10 minutes later they'll be, you'll be driving along and there'll be a news story about the heist that's just happened. It's really cool. I love that aspect of it. I've sort of taken that for granted now with GTA, cause it's, but it is very neat and there's very few games that do that so well. Um, yeah, we could talk about the heist. So there, there are many normal um, sort of small-scale story missions, but eventually you get to do big missions, which are like the heists, which is where you earn the big money. And they typically involve all three characters. And you will have to plan those. And you can often take them in two different um, approaches. So you can go all guns blazing or you can go tactical. Uh, and that's a first for GTA as well. So you have a little heist 
plan board uh, where you can um, decide what route you want to take, whether you want to um, go and and if you decide to do the all, all guns blazing approach, you need to then go and get the appropriate equipment, get the tools, get the uh, weapons that are going to get you through it. And if you decide to do the tactical, then you might need to go and get an entirely different set of stuff. And all and and getting that that correct equipment for your mission uh, is another set of missions. So it feels like you're really building up to this thing each time. And then when you actually go and do it, it's an enormous mission. There's chases afterwards is the actual heist itself it's really cool so the, the first time i did a heist i was like wow now i'm playing gta this i think i'll put a, a status post on ta it's like this is really cool and after each of the big heists you pop an achievement um the achievements are quite fast at the beginning but they really do slow down quite heavily so i think i've, I've played 15 hours now and i haven't popped many at all but i'm not you know I, i'm i don't hold that against the game at all i'm still having an amazing time given where you are in it i'm kind of curious because i've heard there's a pretty famous uh, or rather infamous scene that involves some torture yeah i've done that yeah that was before i went away so i, pl- I played this in a bad way because I, I i got really really into it in the first three days and then i went on holiday for for eight days and then i came back and i, and I had to do a load of work on true trophies so um i had a big pause of 10 days where i sort of I didn't lose lose interest, but I, I couldn't play the game, which was a real shame because I think this is one of those games that you just want to you want to play straight all the way through as, as best you can, so you don't forget any of the plot lines and uh, you remember all the controls and everything else. Um, so that's a shame. But before I went away, uh, yeah, I did play. Uh, so Trevor is the third of the protagonists, and he's quite a nasty uh, nasty guy. The first scene where you meet him, you're absolutely amazed at what a terrible person he is, and quite shocked that you're going to have to be controlling him for the rest of the game. Um, but he is quite funny with it at times, and you do grow to appreciate him uh, after a few hours of playing with him. But yeah, there's a pretty grim torture scene. You have, you're, you're left with um, a guy that's tied up, and you have a whole range of different tools which you can torture him with, and you're left to choose which one you're going to do you're going to use but basically you have to rotate around the whole lot before he spills his beans before he tells you what you want what you want to know so uh, although it feels like you've got some sort of choice you haven't really you're, you're effectively going to have to use all these the waterboarding techniques the uh, pulling the tooth out with a with a yeah all that stuff all that stuff it's pretty grim but you know it wasn't so disgusting that it turned my stomach or anything like that you you, you're playing as trevor you know he's a terrible person and you know you've got to get this information so it didn't it didn't feel to me anyway that it was um you know out of keeping with the rest of the game and it didn't feel so disgusting that i was appalled to do it you're just that desensitized to such things (laughs) that's true i mean i'm only earlier today was pulling teeth out with some pliers. So, um, yeah, Rich, no, Rich no changes diapers, man. You don't know what he's <laughs> yeah. seen. He changes yeah, I've diapers. Seen, I've seen things you wouldn't believe. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but I've yet to get online, which is... Um, basically, when I was away, there were some stories kicking about that um, if you went online when it launched, there were some issues with some of the save files getting corrupted, and that's the last thing I want to do after putting in... 15 or so hours now. now. now I've so, heard that particular bug got fixed. and obviously, Yeah, I'm glad. So I do have that option to go online now. But I, I sort of feel like I want to finish the story first. Right. I, I think that would be smart. I know the, the live portion just launched a few weeks ago, and it's it's kind of rife with bugs. And I know in our review, uh, we had Light Pink review Grand Theft Auto Five, and she, I think her last couple of sentences kind of hit the nail on the head. 
Rockstar has crafted an absolute masterpiece and produced a clear Game of the Year contender. Other, content, other games contending for this award will have their work cut out for them to produce something this special. With this, type of, with this kind of hype, a game often falls short of those expectations, but Grand Theft Auto V meets them. So we gave it five stars, which our five star means everyone should try and play this game because it's that good. Mm. So I totally agree with that. I mean, as I say, I'm only a third of the way. Through. Actually, I'm up to 40% now, but um, I'm, I'm loving it. And it is vast. There is so much you can do. Um, in the game, there's a whole, you know, there's there's all this all the side stuff. There's races, um, there's sports things, there's triathlons you can do. Um, it is huge, and there's a whole load of flying stuff as well. Flying is quite tricky uh, as well, so that's something. There's a skill to learn there to do all the the stunt uh, flying stunt challenges. But it's massive, and I'm looking forward to. I, I will try and get the hundred percent completion, but um, I've no idea how hard it's going to be. It looks like it's going to be pretty tough. I would imagine it is, especially because there is an online component to it that is going to take a while, I guess. Well, no. When I say the hundred percent, that's all. Oh, the, okay. Just the hundred percent game completion, which currently has a ratio of four point six two, so that's pretty high. Yeah, and that's that doesn't include the online. I imagine that's a, that's a big grinder achievement too. So that's just going to take a while. All right. So, Grand Theft Auto V gets thumbs up. Uh, the online gets kind of an incomplete from us, uh, just because Rockstar's still patching it, trying to stabilize it, and uh, so it's kind of hard to weigh in on it at this point. But I was thinking about this. So, GTA V launches with half of its achievements and half of its functionality not available um, for two weeks after launch, and no one kicked up a fuss. I think that's because it's just such... So- traditionally such a single player experience like grand theft auto 4 had a multiplayer but nobody really cared about it that much and with them trying something new uh with gta online instead of just a standard multiplayer i think gamers are willing to cut rockstar a little bit of slack at the beginning just because they know that that single player component is going to be so massive there's like no chance of somebody crushing through everything so fast yeah, in that two weeks and you're, you're gonna mm. be unless you're someone who has the the personal free time to spend 60 70 hours that first week playing gta you're you're not going to see everything and even even if you do perchance see everything you're probably not going to see everything to your heart's content so I, I think it's the rare instance of one of those games where the online component's kind of a, a bonus rather than yeah but there are half the achievements tied to that online though it's not like it's but i think too like rockstar was very upfront about what was going to be happening with that it wasn't that it, it launched and then oh by the way we hit launch day and it's not ready to go and you're gonna have to wait they said it, we knew a long time before the game came out that the the live the online features would be following the game and they're also very upfront about we know it's going to be buggy we know it's going to be problematic and we're going to be working on fixes and i think that kind of communication with us is really important. I think that's part of why people cut them slack on it is because it, it wasn't a, they didn't pretend that everything was perfect with it and then put it out as a buggy mess. They came out and said it's going to be a mess and it's going to take some time, but we we gave you this amazing full fully thought out single player experience. So go play around in that for a couple weeks and then just bear with us for the bugs. We'll get it all worked out together and you're going to enjoy what you see. And it seems like people that are playing that have been able to successfully play the online portion love it. They really have very good things. To There's do. still issues, though, yeah. aren't there? I mean, the, the first the first few days there was a lot yeah. of problems. There was problems just connecting. I think the first few days it wasn't. Mm. I imagine they probably didn't have anywhere near the infrastructure that they need 
to to deal with this. I, I, I doubt that they knew how many copies they were going to sell. Right. Well, they must have had an idea, but they really surpassed even their expectations. And I with think. any online launch, it's always tough for a, a developer to tell just how many servers they're right. going to need to yeah. bring online for that initial huge push. Because after that initial huge push, usually people die off. Yeah, it drops off quite rapidly. So it's really tough for you know developers to determine how much they need to invest in that infrastructure right away. Right. Hmm. Anyway, I will bring you a review of GTA Online in the next podcast. The, the next story is kind of an odd one because it did affect certain members of our community. We didn't put it on the front page, but it, it kind of had this underground vibe that rose up and people were wondering who was effective and who wasn't. But Microsoft uh, issued out a certain number of console bans. Um, for doing things like region switching to get free games and, and stuff like that. Uh, Michelle, I'm going to let you take charge w- with this discussion because it didn't really affect me because I've never really done the console switch, but I know that is kind of a popular trend in our community. Right. So um, just to say one other thing for clarification's sake, um, this was a huge story amongst um gaming communities because you had a lot of sites reporting about how content had gone free in uh, Morocco and Oman. Oman and um, Bosnia and people switching stuff to get, and this has happened forever. There was, um, I think Borderlands two season pass went free in like Argentina and people switched over to Argentina to get it. There was, uh, there, there are some other examples where this has happened in the past, but this was a huge amount. Um, we don't cover stuff like that on TA, right? So when stuff goes free, unless we know why it's free, we, we don't post it because we don't want to know what happened. And typically we wouldn't cover the fallout either, but it hit so many members of the community and was the top thread on TA for a couple of days, I think. Um, I don't know if you guys were monitoring any of that, but there was a console ban thread, and I, I think it still might be... Yeah, no, it's more, it's more than a couple of days. Yeah. It's over a week. Okay, and I think it's still in the top 20 Xbox threads or, or something like like It's still getting visits and views. Uh, the issue with it um, is kind of twofold. First of all... So people downloaded this content, and then there was a wave of console bans. Um, the big problem that came from it is a lack of consistency. So people were reporting console bans. People were reporting account bans. Um, people weren't sure why they got banned. So some people who downloaded the content but never started it got banned. Some people who downloaded it and did start it did get banned. Some people who started it never got banned. Um, and this is why it became such a big issue and why it was such a hot topic on TA's forums. Um, the, the thinking is that when Microsoft uh, put out their new dashboard update a few weeks ago, it included new security protocols so they can better catch people who are taking advantage of this type of region switching. Um, but we don't know. And that's that's been the most fascinating and frustrating thing about the whole thing is that nobody really knows what the triggers were. So the lesson from it all is if you guys are thinking about switching regions to access free stuff because it came off out free for somewhere else and there's all sorts of technical stuff about the existence of marketplaces and other regions and all like don't even worry about that don't do it because they just went through and banhammered many 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 consoles for this it is not worth the free game they and, and this was i think the bigger issue it was a lot of content it was a couple hundred dollars worth of content that were free that went free rather but um Outside of, I think, Injustice was one of the big ones that went free. Rayman went free. People were downloading things like Capsized and Mars War Logs, things they would have never even touched, but it just, it was free. Um, Don't do it, because they've shown that they will react to this. They didn't unban anybody, to my knowledge. So uh, if that happens, you're done. So um, 
just just it's better to stay away. We have games for gold for free. Download those, but avoid this region switching thing because you really had to jump through a lot of hoops, and it was uh, it, it it was an exceptional amount of people who wound up getting banned in some way or the other. It's just not worth it anymore. Yeah, and it's it's not like this is an accident where something accidentally happens and you get banned. It's they're banning people for breaking terms of service. Right. Yeah, I think the, the issue is that people have been doing this for a long yeah. time without any any bans before. Right. So people have been spotting these um, blips in the marketplace where they they put a game on in a in a different marketplace and they they misprice it effectively. I think this was a worse example of this because since they ditched points, um, there was there was, I think there was a fallback where it effectively used to make the game like a million pounds, so no one would ever buy it, and it would it would go to a ridiculously high amount. But I think the problem was this time since they ditched the points. They all leveled out at zero dollars or zero or right, whatever the local right. currency was. So there was a whole ton of content so that free. was available for free, um, and I think that's where the issue came. And and it's it's a real shame that so many people have lost consoles. The the confusion comes with the inconsistency in the way that people have been dealt with. Um, if it was, every, I think almost all the Moroccan and and other accounts have been automatically banned, but some people have had their consoles bricked. And some people have lost their main accounts as well. But I, I can't believe that the main accounts could get blocked because of an alternate account because they can't prove that's you. Well, my, my thinking is that if if people got their accounts banned, it was because of other things they had done. Exactly. They had yeah. also been caught in this sweep. Um, for a lot of people, they lost like their alternate Xbox. So they have more than one and they, you know, they, they download this free stuff. They put it on the Xbox they don't usually use. And then when they turn that Xbox on again, it bricked. Um, but some people lost their, their main one. And again, we don't know why that's been the biggest issue is we really don't know exactly what happened. And the, to our knowledge, the punishment didn't meet the crimes. Instead of saying, listen, you don't have a license for that game anymore. Just we're going to delete it and remove it, and that's that. That license is no longer attached to your console. They just bricked the console. Which are they know, able to do that? Are they actually I, do they have the facility to do that? I don't know. Um, I imagine they could, but it's probably very labor intensive. You know, they have to go in and actually. It's much easier to just hit an IP address and say, okay, it's blocked, uh, than it is to go in license by license. Because I know, um, like when I had my account hacked last year or two years ago or whatever it was, and somebody bought Battlefield Premium with my account. I obviously have no need for it. Um, I don't have Battlefield 3, but I still have Battlefield Premium for the year. So even though they refunded right. me my points, they didn't cancel that license on me or say yeah, I Yeah, maybe they can't it. do it. So maybe they don't have a capacity. I don't know. But yeah, it's certainly lessons learned for people. And um, yeah, don't don't switch regions just to try and get free content. If it's not available for free in your region you probably shouldn't be downloading it. Right. Indeed. Exactly. So that moves on to uh, our favorite part of the podcast. We're going to talk about our achievement challenge. <laughs> so um, last oh month, uh, Kez001 challenged all of us to get Free Flow Silver in Batman Arkham Asylum. And what Free Flow Silver does is it challenges you to get 16 medals on combat challenges. Now, the reason Kez challenged us all is because we all have this game in our cards and none of us had popped it. So let's uh, let's just go through and by show of voices, how many of us popped it? So, Michelle, did you pop it? 
Nope. Rich, did you pop it? Nope. Well, gee, I didn't pop it either. <laughs> oh, for three. Um, now, let's kind of expound upon this. Um, the reason why I didn't pop it, there, there are many reasons, and, and I don't like to give excuses, but um, <laughs> first of all, I, I went to my gaming cabinet, or I keep all my games, and I could not find my copy of Arkham Asylum. <laughs> it was, like, gone. Um, <laughs> so then I went out and purchased a brand new copy of Arkham Asylum Game of the Year Edition, got back home and realized it's a completely different achievement list. Oh, so I would have had man. to play through the whole thing to unlock all the gadgets to get the achievement. So I'm like, forget about that. So I'm like, well, I'll just do the Silver Revenge achievement in Arkham City as a substitute. So I popped that in, and within like five minutes, I realized I'd completely forgotten how to play this game. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I was getting thumb cramps. After like two hours, I kind of got to the point where I was maybe at a passable level of competency but there's just no way like these are the achievements i am absolutely the worst at the ones where it's all (laughs) timing and skill based and just repetition (laughs) and oh my gosh this was such a pain i i couldn't pop it um and then there was also the fact that i was commuting quite a bit between uh my new job place of employment getting all that finalized and it was a crazy month on top of everything else. So, yeah, I, I didn't pop it. Um, Michelle, what prevented you from popping it? Um, I have to be completely honest. Uh, the game actually never saw my console. Uh, it is on my shelf. I just look now to make sure that it's there, so I can't pull that one. Um, but I, um, as I mentioned at the top, I've been involved in the Great True Achievement Score Challenge for the year. And again, we're getting to that point where it's the end of the year and uh, it is very much a marathon and not a sprint, but we're at that point where you're hitting the final couple miles and it's, it's all about maximizing time and gamer score. So typically if I have at this point two hours to sit down at my console, I'm doing something where I can get gamer score. So yeah, the six hours I spent finishing NCIS could have gone to Batman. And if I was a better human being, I guess that's what I would have done. You're um, a terrible human being. I know. Let's be honest. I know. <laughs> I, well, you guys know that you talk to me frequently <laughs> enough to know I'm like that third guy in GTA, right? I'm there with my, Michelle is yeah. in a dark corner, torturing her <laughs> Xbox. Give me the yep, points. Exactly. <laughs> Give me the points. Pop the achievements. <laughs> But yeah, so that's, threatening it with Sony stuff. I, yeah, all right. <laughs> I've got a PlayStation Three still sitting in a box. I should just sit it next to the <laughs> Xbox. Like this will be you. I'll put you in there. Um, <laughs> but I, I just I never got around to it, and I I wish I had because it would have been uh, certainly nice to do. But in all honesty, uh, I love the Great True Achievement Score Challenge. I've done it all three years. I'll be doing it again next year when it launches, as I'm sure it will. Um, and it's just it's that time of year for it. Uh, if you're still involved at this time of year, where that's where all your gaming goes. So I'm sorry. Okay. Well, at least I had a proper right. go at it. I, I, <laughs> and that's, I had a proper go That's true. Yeah. You actually went out and bought a whole other game. Yeah, that's true. I did. Yeah, that's true. So that's I didn't open it. Fun. I still have the receipt, so it might get returned. I um, I put a couple of hours into this, but I would never have got to the level of competency I got without a whole ton of clues being sent to me by Urban Spaceman. He he detailed the way to to at least get through the first few challenges and and get gold, which is like three of the three of the medals you need. Um, I al- I'd already got eight, but I had exactly eight from the first time I played this. 
So uh, I had a lot of silvers in the early ones, and it's and and making the step up from silver to gold, which gives you the three medals, is is quite a leap actually. Uh, in fact, in order to get the gold, I think I had to get the flawless free flow fl- fighter. God, that's not easy to say, is it? I need, some, I need some alcohol so I can stumble through that. Flawless free throw f- fighter achievement, which is for complete one challenge uh, without taking any damage. And I managed to do that, which is quite cool. And that was hard. But it was all about alternate um, jumping over someone, which sort of stuns them, and then punching them. Um, and then jumping over the next person and then punching them. And you basically sort of flip around the arena, um, alternating between jumping over people, punching them or kicking them, and then doing um, the takedowns. And and through doing that, you can build up a really good score because you never lose your uh, multiplier, which is the right. key to which is the key to getting the gold the golds in these. Yeah, I think so, I, had, I had a similar experience trying to do that because it's it's all about being completely aware of what every enemy is doing yes, on the screen. Exactly. Being ready to counter them, being ready to use your gadgets. It, oh my gosh, those achievements, they are they are truly achievements. <laughs> Yeah, no, this was, but it was fun. I enjoyed, I really enjoyed doing it. And then I'm, I think I've got gold in the first three levels, so that got me up to nine. Um, and I, I, you need sixteen medals for this um, for this achievement. So, unfortunately, at that point, they introduced guys with knives and stun guns. And at that point, right. the old method didn't work anymore because you couldn't <laughs> jump over uh, someone without getting like stunned as well. So, there's some more stuff. Uh, that I got from Urban Spaceman to try and counter all that. But um, I haven't delved into that because GTA arrived at that point um, and then I went on holiday. But I did really enjoy doing this and I'm going to go back to it because it is an awesome challenge. Like It is a lot of fun, especially once you've got a strategy. You need that strategy though because otherwise you will never get better than the bronze and the bronze is not going to get you 16 medals. Right. And I think the key to the, to popping this achievement is don't let your skills go cold. Like, go for right. this achievement after you've spent time playing the campaign yeah. and have gotten used to the combat systems because if you have to go back, it's like you're learning to walk again. Because that mm. right. that combat system, it's so elegant, it's so well-designed, but yeah. it's so intensive, and it's so... But you detailed. can't help but button mash as well. Yeah. It's just such a natural right. tendency That's to make button mash, but it's the mm. opposite of what you have to do in this. You have to literally... You know, one press, wait a second, uh, watch everything that's going on. Another press, wait a second. Right. And it's 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 the opposite to the way I normally play games. Well, it's one of those um, battle systems that when you actually succeed, as I'm sure you went through when you got those gold medal challenges, you feel like, wow. Yeah. I totally real, got this. Yeah, exactly, I am exactly. awesome at this. Because it, it isn't button mashing. You have to finesse it. Like, you really have to know how to play the game. But that's, to Jay's point, that's exactly why it's so tough to just jump back in. You you can't. Anytime I went back to Batman, even going back once a month in Arkham uh, To do City, Calendar Man. So I could do Calendar Man. I, like, I could feel the gears in my brain turning just how to move the character and, and, and use the left bumper to glide around. And when you do it successfully, it feels awesome. But it's, it, it's hard. It's a very, very complicated control system in the game. Now, my question for you guys, having kind of revisited it, and th- this is more for Rich than you, Michelle... Does this does this whet your appetite for Arkham Origins? Are you more or less interested in picking this up? Um, I played Arkham Origins on the Vita at Gamescom, an early okay. build of Arkham Origins, and I imagine it's quite a different um, experience on the handheld to the console. But I wasn't all that impressed with it. It was, I think. The problem is on the on the handheld, it's a very linear thing. You would literally two dimensions. Uh, you can't right. step away from that. Um, and I think 
I imagine the game is nothing like that at all, but that sort of put me off a bit. Um, but I, I also didn't enjoy City as much as I enjoyed Asylum. I thought Asylum was my game of the year for that year. I absolutely loved it. But City, I felt was... I didn't really think the open world worked particularly well. Um, hmm. I know I'm probably in a minority there, but I, I, I really loved Asylum so much. I thought it was almost a perfect game. Um, whereas I didn't quite get the same love for City. So I'm on a downward spiral on that. It's like almost like Assassin's Creed 4 thing for me, but nowhere near, <laughs> as, nowhere near <laughs> as bad. But we'll see how it reviews. When's it due out? It's due out, uh, soon, it's due out it? next week or oh, the week wow. after. No, no, next okay. week Next week is when I'm going to write the preview for it. It's before the end of the month. I know that yeah. for sure. Okay. Oh, well, okay. We'll see how, uh, we'll see how it reviews. And then um, we'll consider. It's just such a busy time, isn't yeah. it? I mean, I've yeah. still, got, still got probably 40 hours to put into GTA before I can even think about it. Yeah, we've got about two <laughs> weeks. It's due out on the 25th, which I think is a Friday. Okay. So. Oh, well, I might, I might be able to do that. I might be able to clear GTA by then and, and then have a proper look at it. All right. So, excellent challenge. Um, thank yeah, you. Yeah, superb challenge. Thank you. Yes, thank, thank you. you to Kez001. Uh, and this leads us into next month's challenge. So again, we put out the call um, on the front page asking for achievement challenges for us. And we got quite a few really good ones. Um, unfortunately, with kind of our weird schedules, we couldn't figure out a way in the next month that we could coordinate to work together because we really liked one in particular, but there was like there's no way that the three of us could sit down at the same time to actually try and work on it together. So the one we picked was uh, from Mr. Black Magic, who has presented us with what he is calling the Lone Wolf Challenge. So each of us is being challenged with a different Lone Wolf-themed achievement. So Michelle's challenge is to pop Lone Wolf Legend in Halo 4, which is to complete the campaign solo on Legendary. Uh, The stats for that are it's a 90-point base score, the ratio is 2.12, which rounds it up to 191 TA points. Rich has been challenged to the Lone Wolf achievement in Carcassoni, I think that's how you pronounce it, which is win a game of Carcassoni with at least 50 points more than the second best player. Now, Rich, you're getting off easy here. I hope you appreciate how yes. easy you're getting off. Because that's a five-point <laughs> achievement with a ratio of 1.27. So really, you're getting a gimme. Whereas okay, good. me... Thank you. Me, <laughs> hand, I have been challenged to get the Lone Wolf achievement in XCOM Enemy Unknown, which is clear a UFO crash site with one soldier on classic or impossible difficulty. This achievement has a 20-point base score... And it has a ratio of 4.08, making oh, it have an 82 TA score. Well, it's a good job you've got a nice free apartment with uh, not much oh, to do in two weeks. I, yeah, I, I have... It's... Oh, gosh. There are, fortunately, there are eight solutions to this um, that I can call upon to hopefully help me. But it's going to be... I have a feeling I'm going to be grinding that one for quite a while. Now, Michelle, you mentioned that you've already kind of started on a Legendary playthrough. Um, yeah, actually. I, um, if you look at my Halo 4 achievement list, I'm missing two achievements, both of which would be earned if I finished this. I'm missing Lone Wolf and Beat the Game on Expert, I believe. Or whatever the hardest difficulty is. So this would accomplish both. Um, and yeah, I, when the game first came out, I don't know if you guys remember, but there were there are challenges every week, and the weekly um, the weekly campaign challenge was to finish 
that a chapter on on legendary difficulty. So, you know, week one was chapter one, week two was chapter two. And I did great. I was going through uh through them up till week six and then I just hit a wall and I stopped. So I'm actually halfway through chapter six. I've done chapters one through five and I'm at I'm at rally point D, I think, on, on chapter six. So I'm mostly done with it. So I really only have two chapters and a little more to go. And uh this might encourage me to get that done, get the game completion. So um, yeah, it's I, I love for your team as well. For and it's great for my team, and I absolutely have to say, on as an aside, I love the theme idea. Yeah, it's very so, Mr. Cool. Black Magic. This is fantastic. But the idea of theming, uh, so we each get a challenge and it matches the theme. This is just wonderful. So good job. Awesome. Yeah, and thank you for giving me an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jay? Like are, with the soldier thing, oh, is this gosh. like you were talking earlier? Like, do you have a unit in mind that you're gonna? Well, here's the thing: I need to do a little more exploration. Because uh-huh. um, I played it on like the normal difficulty, whatever the normal setup is, and this is going to be on the classic or impossible difficulty. So I might have to start a completely new game, and then oh, okay. max out one soldier so that he's like the hardest of the hardcore, maxed out level, and then give it a shot. Uh, I'm going to definitely be reading all of the solutions before I even attempt this, because this is going to be. A whale of an achievement. Now that being said, I think it's going to be accomplishable for me because I I'm a methodical planning type guy. I prefer achievements like that, and Enemy Unknown is very much a methodical planning uh, dice roll style game. So I think I can do this. It's just a question of do I have the will to really go through it? Which I'm gonna try. I'm gonna definitely give it a shot. I'm gonna give it my Give it, give it a good try. So we'll see how well it goes. Okay. Um, if I don't have it next month, I think I gotta impose some sort of punitive penalty on me because I can't, <laughs> I can't go two months without getting the achievement challenge. Um, okay. So big thanks to Mister Black Magic for sending that in. He, since uh, we picked his achievement challenge, he is going to be the winner of a fabulous prize. Uh, I will be sending him via mail a brand new copy of Beatles Rock Band. Uh, so I'll be contacting him on the okay. site for the particulars on getting that out to him. So hopefully he enjoys that and can change his gamer profile pick to look like Michelle's. Hey, hey, hey. No. All right. <laughs> there's already one other person on the site. Well, there's multiple, but there's one other person on the site who is fairly active who uses my gamer pick. Yeah, that confuses and, me every time. Yeah, every now and again he'll comment on another friend's feed, and I, I double take every time. I'm like, okay, I – I know I don't. That's not me. Like, and <laughs> it, it, no, don't suggest anyone else uses that. That's bad form, Jay. Bad form. All right. Uh, we, in addition to the achievement challenge, we also put out the call for some mailbag questions. We had a couple of good ones come in, so take a minute to address those. These are actually probably going to be more rich, heavy questions, but Michelle and I will definitely weigh in on them as well because we like to talk. <laughs> uh, so our first question comes from Mr. Grandstaff. Uh, this is for the TA mailbag. Has it ever been considered on adding another statistic to the site, like achievement streaks, for instance? I'm closing in on 400 days myself. Congratulations to you, sir. That is amazing. And thought it would be neat if that was tracked. And for the sake of discussion, what other ideas for statistics have been mentioned before, but tossed aside due to its irrelevance or for other obvious reasons? So I like the idea of achievement streaks myself, but part of me says with the irregularity of scanning, that would be really hard to kind of track. Yeah. So, okay. So there's, there's a couple of things here. There's time zones and there's scanning. So how the question is, how do you consider 
a streak? What is your definition of a streak? Is it that you pop an achievement a day, as in a, a calendar day, um, every day for the length of the streak? or And that's presumably based on your existing time zone. Or is it a 24-hour period from the last one? I mean, I imagine he's thinking like um, 360 Voice tracks it. Yeah. 360 Voice. Do you know it, how that how that's done? Yeah, it's at uh, midnight Pacific every day. So oh, okay, so they just use one time yeah, zone. Yeah, they they just well that they, makes exactly. the whole thing yeah. a million times easier. So I know, like, if if I'm going, like, I have a little achievement streak right now. If I want to make sure I maintain it, I have to get an achievement by 3 a.m. or I'm losing the streak. Okay, we could do that. Yeah, that'd be yeah, cool. It's just. Pick a static time. It doesn't have to vary by time zone, but you just you gotta make sure the time is known. That's all. I think it says on 360 Voice, you know, stats or whatever roll over at at 3 a.m. or at, at 12 p.m. or 12 a.m. Pacific. So, thank you, Mr. Grandstaff. I will try and make it happen. Awesome. Um, oh, what awesome. other statistics have been mentioned before, but haven't really been practical or worked out? I um, you probably get yeah, off the wall ideas all the time, Rich. There are. Yeah, but not necessarily off the wall. Everyone, everyone wants something different, and we try and give people um, as much as we can um, that's feasible. And that's you got to remember as well how much data is involved. Um, the achievement right. table, which which has every single achievement that anyone's ever got that's registered on the site, has over half a billion records in it. Now that's a lot of data Oof. to be crunching. Yeah. Um, but. I have some interesting news here. So I went, as you know, I went on holiday last week and I went away with a good friend of mine and he had an idea for something that would interest newer users. So for us, we've been on TA forever. So the leaderboards are interesting. We can see Stallion's top. We can see Smirnoff's just behind. We know we're never, ever going to come into that. And, and we've had our Xboxes for a long time. And, and yet we still we still know that we're not going to be touching them. So he, he came up with an idea, which would be cool, which I think I'm going to try and implement, which is for a sort of rotating leaderboard, which is based on the last number of days. So we could do one for the previous seven days, a site-wide leaderboard for mm -hmm. the last seven days, a site-wide leaderboard for the last month. Oh, that'd be cool. And a site-wide leaderboard for the last year. That's really And yeah. that's something I'm going to be looking at doing. So because everyone has a chance to get top of that leaderboard, um, for the weekly one, certainly, if you really went for it, you have a, a decent chance to, to get the top score for a week. So that is something I'm going to look at trying implementing over the next couple of months. Um, because I think it'll be really interesting. I, I'm interested myself. Um, and, and I think it would give people an incentive if that leaderboard was published pr prominently somewhere on the site. Um, it would be, cool. be a cool thing to do. So that's... That's something that I'm going to look at doing. Uh, as for stuff that's been mentioned that's not been possible, um, time tracking in a game, we, we have no way of accessing that data. People ask for that all the time, but we just we just don't have it. Um, so I, we can't do that, unfortunately. But no, send in your ideas for more stats. I love stats as much as the next man. I've got a degree in stats, so uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm excited awesome. about any of that stuff. So uh, Our yeah, next question send, comes send, from send me your ideas UVG Mr. SM. <laughs> Hope that's how they like their their gamertag pronounced. Uh, my question is about the next gen consoles. Do you think this next generation will be good for new IPs or for old ones to come back? Continuing on, which IPs would you want back on PS4 or Xbox One? I'd want Crash Bandicoot and Spyro the Dragon back on PS4. Uh, so I, I think this is a really 
intriguing question because we know that when the 360 launched, there was a really big push for new IPs because that's that's the classic time to launch a new IP because you can get something that looks really cool, grabs attention, and it's something people haven't right. seen before. So it's a great way to, to grab attention. And if you think about like the 360 generation, those those attention grabbing IPs were like Gears of War, uh, Assassin's Creed was a big one, um, Mass Effect. You could even say like Call of Duty really didn't get a big Effect. launch until Call of Duty Two. Um, which, which happened there. So when it, I, I personally think at the beginning right. of this generation, we're going to see a whole lot of new IPs, um, probably within the first couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we they, a lot that. of them have already been announced, haven't they? I mean, right, a whole... we, have, we have Watch Dogs, Titanfall, Destiny, Rise. I mean, there's, and then we also know that there's going to be in the you know, IPs that are going to continue. That are new IPs, like, Halo's sure. going to keep going. That, that's just, that's a given. Assassin's Creed's going to keep going. That, that's just kind of a given. Um, but that being said, I'm kind of wondering more about the latter half of the question, like IPs that have gone away that you'd like to see come back on Xbox One or PS4. And that's a really tough question because I didn't really get back into gaming until the middle of the first, the Xbox original generation. Like I took a lot of time away from gaming, like mainly when I was in high school and college. Uh, so I didn't really come back until Xbox original. So what, what, I'm going to kind of defer to you guys. Are there IPs you would like to see that have kind of been on hiatus come back? If you'd have asked me this question a year ago, I'd have said SSX. But obviously, we did have an SSX game come out. It was decent. It wasn't wasn't quite as, as good as I hoped it was going to be, to be honest. But that was the one game for me, SSX Tricky, um, I yeah. absolutely played the hell out of. And, and that was the one I was really excited to play again. Um Apart from that, yes, mm-hmm. I used to love a game called R Type, which yep. was like a horizontal scrolling shooter. Okay. I'd love to see a new version of that. Cool. Michelle, how about you? I I'm a big fan of the Legacy of Kane series. Love Legacy of Kane, and there hasn't been one in some time now. I think Defiance was the last one, and that was a PlayStation Two Xbox original title. Um, so that would be the big one for me. Uh. Other than that, there are a couple of games that I could think of where they're not really a franchise because only one ever came out. But I'd love to see another Beyond Good and Evil. I know that's been teased forever. Um, you know, maybe it's being worked on, maybe it's not. Um, that would be fantastic. I'd love to see any, another Eternal Darkness, this, which was also fantastic, but um, due to issues with Silicon Knights. Actually, Legacy of Kane is also a Silicon Knights title in origin, but it hasn't been for a long time. Uh, but with all those issues, and Nintendo, I think, has ownership of the license, so I, I think that one's probably just, that's all we're going to see. Um, but either of those would really excite me. Those would be games that I'd get in a heartbeat. Absolutely. I thought it was interesting um, that um, the, the person who suggested this uh, suggested Spyro the Dragon, because I'm guessing he's not counting Skylanders. Yeah. Uh, with that because mm. Skylanders is you know I don't know about the most recent one but Skylanders initially at least is Spyro Universe so I don't know if he's if, if when he mentions that he's saying like he means specifically a traditional Spyro game and, and same with Crash Bandicoot I mean the more recent Crash games have been like uh, kart racers and stuff like that so um, that's what I'm, I'm guessing he means when he says that but going back to the first half of the question um, I think we're going to see less and less Yep. New IP because there's such an such an investment required to get the first game off the ground, especially with next gen. It's going to be even bigger um, to get the, the the assets to the high enough quality and the storyline and everything. Everyone's going to be expecting bigger and better. So 
the reason why you get an Assassin's Creed every, game every year is because they have all the assets already. They've got the in-game engine done. It's very easy for them to just right. continue and add, add a bit more to the story without starting from scratch, um, which is why you get consistent IPs of the successful games. Um, so, no, I, if anything, I think we'll see less new stuff I'm, apart from this first I'm really And I actually had a thought on which IP I want to bring back, and I don't think it's ever going to happen, which, which breaks my heart. But um, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, I Ooh, want yeah. that game again. <laughs> make it for me, EA. EA, make it for me. Um, and then also uh, the Dark Forces series, which was a PC shooter LucasArts made. That kind of segued into Jedi Knight, which kind of made its way into Knights of the Old Republic, sort of like a, a progression. But just give me a really good Star Wars first-person shooter that has, like, force powers in it. Like, those are two things that I would want immediately. I just don't think it's ever going to happen. Um, especially, I mean, EA has kind of taken hold of making all the Star Wars games, but I do want to do a quick plug here for... Um, Jason Schreier from Kotaku had an amazing long read. Um, he published it, I think, on the end of September, like September 27th, but it was called How LucasArts Fell Apart. And, oh, wow, it's it's an amazing piece of journalism. So if you are like me and have fond memories of those games, definitely read that piece because it will break your heart, but it's an incredible, incredible, incredible read. Um, but those are the two games that I would like to see come back just because I loved playing those on the PC so much when I was a kid. I think we'll we'll actually kind of get an early answer to this question because there are, uh, you know, part of Microsoft's pitch at least is we're going to have a lot of new IPs on the Xbox One. So I, I think we'll get an answer to whether or not we'll see more IPs fairly early in the life cycle of the console. Like Watch Dogs immediately springs to mind. Here's a game where they're clearly putting a lot of assets into it. They're, they're, uh, the development cycle has been, you know, very large. It's involving a lot of teams. Um, and now, you know, it's got a lot of promise it has to deliver on. Uh, and I know a lot of people who are excited for it, but not necessarily a lot of people who have committed to buying it. So I, I think what we're going to find out really early on in this console cycle what the what the shakeout is going to be on new IPs. Because even well, though um, – I'm sorry. Even though the Xbox, like you're saying, the 360 launched and new IPs were a big thing, um, there was a, a, a time in like 2008-ish where a lot of new IPs came out, Mirror's Edge and, and uh, Dead – dead space and there's just like this like renaissance of a new ip year and that's because those earlier ones had managed to been to be successful so we'll know fairly quickly whether or not we're going to see more of the same or or people are going to be able to take risks well and i think it kind of comes back to um developer recognition and quality like we know the people behind making titanfall so there's a lot of hype behind it it looks great but we know the track record same way with bungie making destiny we know there's a track record there we know kind of what they're going to be producing. So gamers are always more inclined to trust a company that has made good games with a new game rather than uh, you look at something like Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, which I think is a fantastic game, but just didn't really find an audience and then the studio fell apart. So gamers are less inclined to, to give it a shot. All right. So great questions there. Um, again, as time allows, we will open up the, the TA mailbag for questions and uh, furthermore for uh, achievement challenges. So taking a look ahead uh, to October and November releases, uh, we're kind of in a weird time with uh, the new consoles set to launch in November, so it's going to be a little hit or miss for a while. You're going to have your juggernauts coming out here, but uh, we're recording on Sunday, and today 
Skylander Swap Force came out. So that is just a gigantically huge game for mm-hmm. gamers who have kids and even gamers who don't have kids. Yeah, just gamers themselves. Yeah. There are lots of people who just enjoy the game. Exactly. Uh, we already mentioned Batman Arkham Origins comes out on the 25th. And then we've got the four-headed monster that is October, <laughs> the week of October 29th when you will have Battlefield 4, Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, WWE 2K14, and then Angry Bird Star Wars. So obviously there's two huge behemoths there. There's one that's uh, WWE is always going to have a niche appeal that's huge. Uh, granted, it's like I think Michelle, you said it's the second biggest sports entertainment. Yeah, sporting license in America. Yeah. So obviously FIFA isn't as big in America. But yeah, right behind the NFL. Yeah. So it's it's huge in you know, globally, but it's really big here in the States. So that sells more and than then, like the NBA stuff? Oh, yeah. Wow. NBA is split. NBA is split between oh, live of course, and 2K. yeah. Well, right, and I don't know that that's about the games. It's just the license in general. Merchandising. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Things that like makes that. Sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Angry Birds Star Wars, obviously. Angry Birds, huge franchise. So Star Wars, huge franchise. This is XBLA. I th- I, I'm not sure. Because I've got it on Windows Phone it. already. So it must I've be got it on my iPhone because um, it was a free iPhone download a while ago. Um, no, it's a, it's a retail game. Wow. They're selling it at retail. I mean, it's probably going to be a little cheaper than a standard <laughs> retail game. One would hope. Well, Angry Birds uh, Trilogy did okay for them. It's For them, it's not a big deal. The stuff's already done. You get it on a disc yeah, no, and some packaging costs. I'm just wondering how many people are going to buy it at that price. Well, I thought the same thing about Angry Birds Trilogy, but if you play it, there are you know, many thousands of people that are on their leaderboards there, so the game sold. Not every game has to sell a million to be a success. Yeah, true. So, so that, that takes us into November, which... If you look at the gaming release calendar for November, it looks pretty empty. Um, we have some big releases <laughs> until in there. November twenty second. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in November we have uh, obviously on the fifth is Call of Duty Ghosts, which is going to be huge, uh, and then on the nineteenth we have Watch Dogs and Need for Speed Rivals, and that takes us up to Xbox One land. Um, there are a couple of other smaller releases that I'll probably get seated in there somewhere, but um, we'll probably hopefully have a chance to sit down and record a podcast before the Xbox One launches. Yeah, we um, should do. Yeah, I think Rich and I won't be accessible for a little while after the one launches, so if we don't do one before, <laughs> I'll be too busy to run again into the ground the... by my personal trainer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so um, those are the gaming releases for the next couple of weeks, so make sure you, you keep your eyes out for those. Um, but that kind of brings us to the, the end of our show. So um, before we kind of close out, we do want to extend – a uh, thanks to Dog of Thunder, who is not with us this week. He's made a personal decision to kind of take a step back from from his TA duties. So uh, we do want to thank him for all of his contributions, not only on the podcast, but also uh, on the site in general. Uh, for the time being and into the, the foreseeable future, we're going to keep the podcast as a three-man crew for a while. And then as we get better and more comfortable doing this, we may bring in special guests or uh, people of note. Um so big thanks out to Dog of Thunder. Also thanks to Dave and the Kinetic for our music, um, for our podcast. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter, uh, at True Achievement, or you can join our Facebook group. I think we also are on Google+, but not not MySpace. Do not do not look for us on MySpace. We, we are not there. Um, we're working on Friendster, though, so keep your eyes you open. You know, Jay, next month I'm going to launch the MySpace TA <laughs> page. I will, I, I will disavow it. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but you will still tell people to follow it because you're a trooper. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you never know. I'm crazy like that. That's true. <laughs> so, uh, again, that, that's uh, the True Achievements Podcast for October. Thanks to all of you for listening. As always, if you enjoy what you are hearing, be sure to uh, rate us on iTunes. Leave us a nice feedback. we got a couple of really nice reviews and a couple of not-so-nice reviews where I wonder if they've actually listened to us. So, that's fun. Uh, so, on behalf of Rich, True Achievement, and Michelle Matrark, I am OSU Blue Jacket, otherwise known as Jay. Thank you very much, and uh, have a happy October. Mm-hmm.